Before we start, I'd like to give this episode a bit of a content warning because we uh, discuss colonialism and the atrocities associated with colonialism, and sometimes that can be kind of rough listening. If hearing about all this bad stuff makes you want to do something, consider donating to the Native American Rights Fund at their website, narf.org. The money goes to defending indigenous Americans' rights in court. It's not the end of all the things that need to be done because of colonialism, but it can't hurt to start somewhere. Now, back to our regular bullshittery. This is the worst historical erasure that the Walt Disney Company has <laughs> committed. Is getting rid of this dog's butthole. Jesus Christ. Okay, I am okay. 100% in agreement. I want my fucking dog balls and I want them now. faithful congregation to this reading from the book of mega drive today's episode is uh, pocahontas the radical mega drivers joining me today are it's me bob hi it's me ramona i don't have a special introduction for this episode i'm just gonna take a diarrhea dump on this pile and go fuck <laughs> i'm gonna paint that with the colors of the wind I guess that that dump. God, why am I? No, Rudy. <laughs> Tulpa. Go Tulpa. Go Tulpa. Go. Oh, I'm next. Uh, fuck. Uh, no, you're Tulpa. Yes, I'm Tulpa. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, fucking Pocahontas. Fuck. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Disney's an abomination, and everything they do is a crime against humanity. Please destroy Disney. <laughs> I'm staring at the Wikipedia article for the Pocahontas soundtrack trying to come up with a joke from one of the songs and I don't have any. I'm Vasilcania. You're just around the riverbend. I'm just around. It was right there. It was right there. Yeah, yeah, you could have said, I'm track five. I'm picking corn, parentheses, score, Vasilcania. <laughs> There's the one. There's the one. <laughs> And I'm Automatic Tigress. Together, we'll explore four increasingly challenging zones. The Blast Zone, the Fantasy Zone, the Labyrinth Zone, and the Death Egg Zone. Getting this party started with the Blast Zone, which is located just around the riverbend. See? See? We can just keep using that joke for the rest of the episode. Wow, I just heard that wonderful Jim's music. I gotta say, stop, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not looking forward to putting the music into this podcast because it feels like a crime against our listeners. I'm gonna be honest here. Just have the fucking Colors of the Winds tune playing the entire time through the podcast. Just 
too quiet to really notice most of the time. Hey, keep that to fantasy zone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Blast Zone, we talk about the game design, the feel of the game, the controls of the game, anything brought to us by the bounty of Sega's Blast Processing. Uh, To start us off here, how long did y'all play the game? Oh, 25 minutes. Uh, I sat down with it once and then played it till I beat it. So it's like maybe an hour. It was actually, I think, pretty much the same amount of time the movie was. I probably spent like 60, 80 minutes on it. I played a few levels. And then the medicine I took for my cold kicked in and I passed out. And then when I woke up, everyone was like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Get in here. That was my (laughs) journey. Hey, you know what's cool about that? The game's only four levels long, so you already played like 75% of it. So you can really see the colors of the wind now? Yeah, they're all various shades of brown, because gave a shit. Uh-oh, I played about 45 minutes too long. I've played for about 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, let's see, how long was I streaming? About an hour and a half of this game. I got to the end, but it took me a while, because I suck at video games. And, uh... Uh, I think I've played this game for about two hours altogether in a few different sessions, maybe three hours. So let's, let's, how, how does one begin to p- describe Pocahontas? Pretty easily. It's a fucking licensed platformer. Although it does have some, uh, it does have some twists on the formula. Uh, this is what we like to call a cinematic platformer. So because Shrug isn't here, a big point of comparison would be, uh, Blackthorn. Um, in addition to Blackthorn, Flashback, and Another World come to mind. To a limited extent, Nightmare Circus could also be described as a cinematic platformer in many ways. This game was developed by Funcom, the same people who developed Nightmare Circus. But this game is even more horrifying since it deals with the horrors of colonialism. Uh, as you've probably guessed, this is based on the Disney Pocahontas movie, which is an anime film, and oh boy, does this game have animation. Instead of having a nice, smooth, conventional platforming motion, you gotta watch tons of animation whenever Pocahontas jumps. Every level has different objectives, which are just really going from point A to point B in most cases. Uh, You can run, you can jump, you can control your raccoon buddy Miko. Like, you can control both Pocahontas and the raccoon, and you can swap between them to solve puzzles. You can push boulders, you can climb up on rocks which sucks and is hard uh you can jump on seesaws of logs which suck and it's hard what did people think about this game everyone i thought it sucked it was bad (laughs) um it's it's sticky uh it's the animations are way too long everything I am not a patient person, so maybe I'm not the right person to judge this, but it just took forever to do anything. Switching back and forth between Miko and Pocahontas was like novel at first, but they really only use it extensively in the first level, and it kind of becomes this thing of of like figuring out whether or not they're in the correct parts of the level and moving. I don't know. It just it was annoying. I thought this game was annoying to play. <laughs> this game is a punishment for children. Yeah, but it's only like an hour long if if you're a really smart child. So, who's to hey, say? It took me an hour and a half, Rudy. <laughs> if I had this game as a child, I would not be into video games today. 
I mean, I certainly ignored it at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I wanted to take issue a little bit with like the thought of it being like a Blackthorn or a flashback, which I definitely had those impressions, but it's actually a lot closer to the modern cinematic platformer, like a limbo, like, because you don't have a gun, you pretty much have jump and then like, well, what if you're two characters instead of one? What if you have to work together by doing everything twice? That that is what it is. What if you have to work together by doing everything twice, and sometimes three times if you're like me? And what if the raccoon could go through small holes, but sometimes can't go through those same small holes until you back out of the small hole and go back into the small hole? Oh yeah, that's actually a perfect example of how this game uh, has ideas that are almost good and then completely fucks it up. Uh, when you go, like there, sometimes you got to go through a small hole as the raccoon. And when you go through the small hole in, as the raccoon, you know, you're pressing left and you can come out of a hole. And when you leave the hole, you could come out the hole walking right, except you won't stay walking right. You will immediately turn back into the hole you exited because you're still holding left because the game wants you to uh, start moving right once Miko has gone through the hole. So you have to transition to not pressing left in the brief window of time that you have after you have gone through that hole. Look, that's not Miko, that's Swimp, and he's here a lot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a raccoon that loves Wendy's, he loves eating french fries. And, you know, just respect him as as he climbs trees. But, but then the game immediately betrays what it first teaches you. Hi, welcome to Game Sins 101. Uh, the first trees you get... <laughs> Are, are the first trees that Miko can climb, that Sw- Swimp can climb, are white and black stripe like a birch tree. Um, and then you go, okay, so those are the trees I can climb because there's lots of different trees in the background. Those are the ones I can climb. It teaches you that the, wi- that the white tr- trees with sort of black stripes were the ones you can climb. And then in the second level, it's just like, nope, even some trees that look like background trees, you can climb those. I don't know. Figure it out, idiot. And that's what we call a game sin. Ding. My my favorite part is when you get, I don't remember what, oh, it's a squirrel. You get powers from animals, by the way. That happens in this game. Because, stru- you know? yeah, the structure of this game, you go from point to point, and in order to advance through the game, you need to meet animals and get their animal powers. Sorry for interrupting. Go on. No, no, that's fine, because that's, yeah, like, it, it's a puzzle game, essentially. There's very little in the way of, like, action or avoiding enemies. Anyway, um, but the, my favorite thing is just, like, okay, now you can climb trees. So I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, I can climb trees like Swimp can, and you can't. You can hold on to certain branches that looked like platforms from the beginning and, I guess, just weren't. So it's, like, little things like that all over the game where, like, and, yeah, some of the trees that you should really be able to climb, you can't as Swimp. I don't know. <laughs> speaking speaking of shit the game will just let you do uh, or like should just let you do there's another power later in the game where you can get a power from the owl spirit that lets you see in the dark but the only dark portion of the game is the part you need to navigate to meet the owl spirit so it is a power that does nothing but negate a challenge you already went through and since all of the levels are just linear you never need to use it again and you can't revisit earlier parts of the level. You, there's just no reason for it. It was just a dark part of the level, which instead of making the lights come back on, they said you have an animal power that lets you see that, that infuriates me for some reason. 
<laughs> I didn't even notice it. I forgot about it. I forgot I yeah, had that. Like, <laughs> in order to advance through the game, like, it's not a thing where there's, like, a roadblock. It's just the only way you can advance through the level is to do the thing that gets you the owl power-up. Like, the actual route that doesn't kill you is just doing the thing to get the owl power-up. I did not run into that at all. I did not ever get... I actually finished... The first time I played... When I finished the game, I actually missed two animal power-ups. Oh, yeah, same. You can miss them? Yeah. <laughs> Secret <laughs> animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. A baby bird fell out of its nest. What do I do? <laughs> Don't touch it, because then crows will attack you for the rest of your life. Oh, fuck. You can't... That you explains can't so much. <laughs> Oh, that part actually is uh, really bad and and fun to explain because uh, it, it wants you to pick up the one single white pixel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is supposed to be a baby bird, I guess, and then uh, just kind of hover near hover near the nest that is one foot away and just sort of hit A. That's at like it's at like knee height and just sort of hit A a couple times and then I guess you did it. <laughs> Yeah, almost nothing um, works with one button press in this game for some reason. So one of the things that uh, frustrates me about this game, and uh, like going off of uh, what Rudy was saying about how you can climb birch trees, but also you can climb other random trees, this game does not have a consistent visual vocabulary of anything. Like... Whether something is interactive or not is arbitrary and unlinked to what it looks like. Oh, yeah, like the the rock faces, what rocks you can climb up. That's the perfect example. There's one boulder that uh, the raccoon can't push, by the way. There's one. (laughs) The, The otter boulder, right? Yeah, 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 it's the otter boulder. That's right. I couldn't remember which one it was. You have to push a rock into the... The rivers, so the, the, otters. the otters are very upset for some reason. Rock. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, I got a, I got a bound to pick with the otters. Okay, so in the game, you meet an animal. It's clearly a mongoose, and then you get the mongoose's power, and the game says, "Oh, congrats! You have the power of the otter." No, it's not an otter, Disney. It's a fucking mongoose. Open up the textbook sometime. Game Sin. <laughs> game Sin. Number 666. They couldn't even get their fucking animals right. Ricky Tiki Tacky, or I know I'm messing up that name, is definitely a better Ricky movie than Pocahontas, Tappy. right? I mean, it's just as colonialist, probably. I think it's a good deal less colonialist, even if it is written by, like, the biggest defender of British imperialism of the world. Okay, Tulpa, Tulpa. It's by Rudyard Kipling, who literally wrote White Man's Burden. Yes, that's what I'm saying, and it's yeah. still less colonialist than Pocahontas. Okay, fair. Yes. <laughs> that's that's fair, actually. I think it's time to take us to next zone, Tigris. You think so? Yep. I I feel like there's okay. Um, you really think so? Really think so? Well, I mean, my only question, as someone that only played this game for 25 minutes and felt that was enough ever, um. <laughs> Was, uh, what's the best animal? What's the best animal to help? Is it the deer that's kind of stuck in branches and would have got out on its own? Is it the squirrels that, I don't know. Is it a baby bird? 
the two I like the best, even because they're stupid, are I like the wolf power because all it does is let you crouch walk. <laughs> I forgot about that. And there's a bear power that lets you make a bear spirit appear behind you. And there are two enemies in the game, like in the entire game, maybe three enemies in the entire game. And you press the button, the action button, and you scare those enemies away with the bear power. I did. I did it maybe like four or five times. <laughs> okay. Four or five times. I also like the bear, by the way, because you have to climb a tree to save its little baby. Okay. So this game, not to the extent of nightmare circus, but it does have an excess of mechanics. Like I, we are nearly done with this because there's not much to say, but uh, there's a, another thing that's just bugging the fuck out of me that I want to bring up. So there are apparently four hidden necklaces in this game that you need to find to get a secret ending. Not necessarily the biggest deal, but the the swimming, like the swimming, one of the places they hit it is underwater in a giant labyrinth that is almost an entire separate level with no hazards or no mechanics other than slowly swimming through it. And almost all of the water areas in the game work like this, except for this one necklace you need to get this one time. There is no reason to explore these giant cavernous, enormous underwater levels that are just in the game doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. The swimming is abominable. Like that is definitely the part where the animations are like super, they're, they're the slowest because you hit a button to, to change directions and it's like, okay, well, here's a second and a half of animation. And then the swimming speed is like erratic. So it goes like a normal person does swim like fast when you push and then it slows down and you do it again. Like that's, that's normal human physics, but it sucks in a video game. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was miserable. I thought I got all the necklaces, but now that you're saying there's like a giant underwater labyrinth, I may not have. No, you didn't. You got the one necklace down there. That's actually what pisses me off. <laughs> That's weird, because there's two endings to this game, by the way. <laughs> Did we ever see the bad ending? I don't know. Like, I've looked at video, video, like so many videos of this, and I don't know what the difference is. I can't. I can't tell. Is there tell. is there an ending where the Powhatan tribe massacres the English colonialists and the Virginia companies, and uh, it's just an alt history of what if capitalist colonialism never happened as a project? No. Oh well, this game fucking sucks. I mean, there's probably a ROM hack for that, right? <laughs> no one would ever dare ROM hack a Disney game. Can you imagine how many lawsuits <laughs> that would cause? Oh God! But what if you what if you change all the graphics to be non Disney? Now where's the copyright now, Disney? What are you gonna do now, Disney? Disney you owns change. all of history. You know that, right? Oh. Shit! It's Disney's history. <laughs> Disney's World War Two. Disney's uh, Indigenous Day. <laughs> Disney's Malcolm History X. Malcolm X History. Oh God, damn it! Malcolm. Malcolm Disney's History X. <laughs> there we go. And on the eighth day, Walt Disney rested in his cryogenic stasis container, <laughs> hidden behind the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> Enshrouded by all the real human skeletons. Ooh. Okay, I actually do have a, a, a legitimate uh, topic of conversation here. Um, 
Pocahontas, this game, uh, is trying, uh, obviously, to appeal to them girls. And it is trying to create a game with challenges that are not necessarily inherently violent. Um, and I wanted to sort of examine why does that fail as hard as it does. Um, just just the way they implemented it. Like, this is, this is standard adventure game fare, like, for the most part, um, with a little bit of action here and there. Um, and there are many adventure games that are very good, and they do a lot of things to get rid of the annoying shit. Like, you don't move your character like they're in a platformer. You either point and click, or you have just, you know, direct control of where your screen is. Like, you don't make it a platformer. So they, they miss the mark because they implemented it poorly. The, all of these these puzzles would have been perfectly fine in a different game. If it was in a different game, it would have taken about 22 minutes to finish if you weren't spending most of that time walking. Um, but that's still like, that's the major frustration is just the implementation. Plus, plus it's also got terrible music, but we're not there yet. I think a, I think a large part of it is that the actions you take to like progress through the game are completely disconnected from what you're supposed to be doing narratively. Like, why are you helping random animals with things they don't need help with? It, it, it drives me nuts. So you get their Metroid powers. Like being able to move faster than the slowest walk possible. Yes, which is necessary because I love this. I love this. This is another thing that upsets me about this game. So there are all of these narrow boards throughout the game. And if you walk on them, you fall off of the board. But if you run over them, the narrow board, which rocks back and forth, then they don't fall over. Yeah, and that one was frustrating because there's a point where you have to run over a board, but the game had taught me previously that the only one who could cross the board was the raccoon, which is, it's a super clear message. You have to use the raccoon to go over boards. And then I ended up running across it, and it worked, but I... I, I hate hate to put you on blast, Kania, but uh, once you get the deer power up, it says, okay, now you can run over boards. I can't read... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I just thought because we've been chatting for so many years, and you post on selectbutton.net. That's selectbutton.net. That maybe, maybe I dictate you... that to my secretary. Obviously, <laughs> who is also a cat who has learned how to type. I can't believe you don't know this about my life. Type cat. <laughs> type cat. Okay. Okay, so before we get out, I do have one actual question, which is, like, are any of the puzzles an actual puzzle? Did any of them spark uh, an instance of joy in anyone's brain that I did not get in 25 minutes? Okay. I did like the bit. No. (laughs) I like the bit where you shot a cannon and freaked out all of the, uh, and and freaked out all of the, the colonials. You don't freak out the colonials. You start a war. Well, they started a war because they got freaked out. I'm pretty sure that that's, the logic there does not check out. I'm trying to think if there were any good puzzles. I'm actually, yeah. I actually got nothing. I don't, I don't think there were. <laughs> you know what? You know what this should have been is one of those like old PC games. Like, um, fucking, oh god, the ones for like super kids that are basically like storybooks where you just click on shit and shit happens. That's what this should have been. They- I think they had that. That was a different division of Disney that made a different product. They 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 should have done that. It, like they should have been 
the mayonnaise game, okay? Like, that would have been okay, fine, because the animations are great, and the longer they are, the better it is for one of those games. <sighs> why? Why? Hmm. I got nothing. I'm just, I keep, I get angry at the fact that you've got these extremely talented people making shitty games because it has to be a platformer. Like, like the equivalent now is that like, well, I don't even know if there's equivalent now because there's like actual room for interesting games. But like back then it was like, oh, it's a platformer or it's fucking nothing. Like if it's on a console, like you could make cool games on consoles that weren't shitty platformers. I've played them anyway. (laughs) I'm fine. I think even if like we stuck with a platformer format, if they tried at all to make a competent platformer instead of uh, this fucking nightmare scenario where the jump button doesn't work if you press it at the wrong uh, second. Yeah, I mean, a direct comparison to this, and I am not the biggest fan of Genesis Aladdin, just just to put that out there, but that's a functioning platformer. Like, I, I find the, the level design kind of lackluster, but you jump when you jump, and you swing your sword when you swing your sword. And it also has really gorgeous, luscious animation, too. Maybe you've hit it on the head, Rudy. That's, that maybe that's why I'm so pissed, is because they made a quote-unquote game for girls, which means they made it shittier. They made Aladdin for boys. You know, it's kind of funny. There's a direct counterexample, also Disney and also on the Genesis, where I would say Bell's Adventure is a significantly better game than Rage of the Beast. No, 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 no. <laughs> You've literally said the opposite on Discord. I'm not no, I'm saying it's not better than it's not better than Pocahontas. It's better than Oh, Rage no, no, no. No, I'm specifically saying Bell's Adventure is better than Rage of the Beast. I'm just comparing boy girl boy girl. Well that that well that game's not a functioning piece of sane software. Yeah, but it's the girl one that functions, not the boy one. I have no idea. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so there were two gen- there were two Beauty and the Beast games for Sega Genesis. Um, oh, Pokemon Beast and Pokemon Bell. Yeah, except they're completely different games, and they're oh. both by the same. And they're both published by Sunsoft, I believe. So it's like the CDI Zelda games, the Zelda version and the Link version, except they're those are the same games too. Fuck. Ah, oh, come on, Nintendo fans, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo does what Jenna don't. Sorry. Take us to the next zone. Yeah, let's go to the next zone. Let's go to the next zone. Oh, I, I have to put up a vigorous defense of this game's mediocrity. <laughs> uh, we've been waiting for the last 30 the, minutes. The floor is yours, Bob. It's okay. What What is okay about it? Uh, I think it looks really good, and there's no disagreement on that, and we'll get into that later. I think it handles fine. I think there, I only, there was only a couple spots where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's mostly the, there's a jump in the second level. You have to jump a couple of times over a waterfall. And sometimes the game's just like, Hey, I'm not going to grab the rock that you're trying to jump on. Other than that, I didn't have m- many issues with it. Uh, the puzzle design is kind of simplistic. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's aimed at girls. I just think it's a general young audiences game. Like if I wanted to point at a game for girls, um, there's Bell's quest or, uh, crystal pony tales, which, Actually, seems like a neat game, uh, in of itself. But yeah. that's for another time. Yeah. Um, Crystal uh, Tales is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a Metroidvania kind of thing. But before but like, that, that was... that's actually a non-violent side-scrolling adventure game, kind of like what this is trying to be, but significantly better implemented. <laughs> yeah, and also you can choose a, you can choose the colors of your pony. Okay, I mean that sounds all right. I'd do that. 
I had my pony be colored purple and green, like uh, Ava unit number one. Oh, I remember you putting screenshots or videos or something of that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why this is ringing a bell. I streamed it once, too. That's right. And I was there for like 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I remember this has, been, this has been Cas- Vessel Kenya remembers. On to the next zone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. done yet. I will, I will uh, knock it for the non-existent puzzle design because basically all the animal powers are just keys and all the, all the quote-unquote puzzles are just locks and you're just getting to a point and, you know, turning a key and a lock and then you're on to the next bit. Um, the Miko stuff where you could switch in between uh, Miko and Pocahontas is... It seems like a good idea, but it's entirely peripheral, and you realize this when you get to the last level, which is just its own little uh, running platforming segment, and Miko's just nowhere to be found, probably because he accidentally started a war, and he's just like, I'm not getting drafted into this thing, and he, he's fucking just run off, probably, what's what's north of Virginia? Probably Delaware. Delaware's probably a good place. Yeah, um, he's gonna start a, he's gonna start a corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, down, hey, Tax free down Miko. Um, other stuff. Um, I thought the I thought the versions of the songs in the game were fine. I didn't. I mean, that's them. for final. That's our for Death Egg, right? So, like, I'm just like, I don't think the game is great. I don't. I just don't think it's terrible. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's a thing. It's it's no Tom and Jerry. I just clipped <laughs> through one of the underwater walls and am now stuck inside of a rock. Incredible. <laughs> yes, also it is also it's poorly programmed. I you know, uh, I, I soft locked it once too. So here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. You know what what getting trapped inside of a rock wall is? That's been a fantasy of mine for a long time. Just like <laughs> the fantasy zone. Pants where I can see them. <laughs> I just <laughs> Speaking, speaking fantasy zone. We're doing fantasy zone now. Yeah, we're going to the fetish zone. Who wants to share? Nothing gets me wetter than seeing a wet swimp. Jesus Christ, Rudy. <laughs> God. Motherfucking damn it. Okay, here in the, the fantasy zone, the fantasy zone, we talk about the graphics, the art direction, the music, and all of the things that generate the fantasy of, of the game world. And uh, I'm just going to take liberty in saying... This is where everything I thought was kind of cool about the game is. The aesthetics of it and what it's doing with storytelling. Hey, Shrug. Hey, oh, Shrug, just in time for fantasy. I don't know what that means. We're talking about graphics. We're talking about wet, dirty raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to... Because I have mostly positive things to say here, I want my opening salvo to be that this the animations of Pocahontas in this game are slightly horny, and it makes me uncomfortable. Which I, I think... it's... <laughs> That sounds like a personal issue. Hi, it's me, I'm Shrug. Pocahontas is one of the horniest mainstream cartoons ever made. 
It's always <laughs> been this horny. That is a reflection of the source material, infamous for its horniness from day one. So that's, I'm just busting in here with that. Uh, maybe I should leave now. No, no, it's no. Me, Shrugging, goodbye. Please stay, no, Shrug. That's weirdly, <laughs> that's on topic and also weirdly on theme. Theme with, with how this conversation has been going for the last two minutes. Swim's um, hands wrapping around the next tree branch, climbing up. Jesus. Taller. What, so, are uh, you going to talk about the bit where there were all the, like, greasy trees Swimp had to cr- climb up? Oh, the yeah. Part of the game? Wait, do I have to play this game more to find Swimp's greasy trees? Swimp greasy encounters poles. greasy poles? No. <laughs> so, yes. after Pocahontas encounters John Smith and prevents him, they frolic a bit. Uh, you think there's going to be a mechanical effect because he uh, shoves a boulder out of the way for her, but then that never happens again. It's just a one-off thing. Uh, and then he prevents, she prevents him from shooting at a deer with his musket, and then they frolic through the trees and forest with the deer. Very romantic, and while they do, there are all these little bursts of leaves uh, oh my which God. I am fairly confident is John Smith, uh, one with nature, uh, and especially when we think of, uh, well, in, you know, in Virginia, Virginia, uh-huh. the Virginia colony was kind of free from the <laughs> worst of the Puritans' views on uh, the primal and lascivious nature of the really Native people. going somewhere. It is. The worst of the prim- like, prim- look, the colonial peoples had some very fucked up views about uh, Amerindians and what they represented, of course. Uh, no need to really survey them in depth here. But uh, usually if a man was to uh, take up with a, for example, a native wife, he would be seen as somehow uh, going to a baser state, a more carnal state, therefore taking a period view on this section, there is really no way to view this frolicking as anything less than base wallowing in carnal sexual pleasures, and thus the bursts of leaves are definitely John Smith busting one over and over again. Uh, and it is shortly after John Smith uh, busts one and then busts one and then busts one over and over again right on your uh, television screen uh, straight from your Sega Genesis Genesis uh, every time you turn it on you're busting that's what I digitally call, that's what I call blast processing oh yeah uh, shortly after that uh, your raccoon friend has trouble climbing some slippery trees. Is there a connection here? I think there might be. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, Shrek. Okay, Shrek. Is this starting to segue into a discussion of, uh, of the mystical land of cocaine? Uh, the land of plenty and freedom, uh, which did involve a, uh, a celebration uh, involving putting up a greased cocaine pole pole you can look this stuff up on wikipedia it's all there holy lord i 
quit this game right before that scene. My God. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to spend the next 20 minutes looking for irrelevant references in Richard Slotkin's Regeneration Through Violence, The Mythology of the American Frontier, 1600 to 1860. Uh, have fun. Cool, we'll find that in the labyrinth. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, the sequence that Shrug just described is is one of the like centerpieces of what's interesting to me about this game, right? The thing about this game is it is attempting via a mediocre cinematic platformer to convey the narrative of Pocahontas, the movie through the gameplay, sort of many, many really uh, like strong, memorable visual scenes from the movie are recreated in cutscenes in the game with a disturbing level of fidelity. For instance, in the fecund frolicking <laughs> section, that is based on the Colors of the Wind musical sequence. Like, there's all kinds of direct imagery from that musical sequence conveyed in the side-scrolling section. For one thing, all of the leaves representing the colors of the wind, but also um, the sunflowers uh, and, and, just, and the cliff that they stand on at the end where it's, you know, all coming to a crescendo. Uh, there's a bit in the movie where Pocahontas looks out and sees the ships and apparently doesn't know what a boat is in the movie and in the game and thinks they're enormous clouds, which I really am skeptical uh, an indigenous people at this time would have ever been mistaken for, but that's what the movie and game say. Uh, and she climbs to the top of uh, the magic talking tree. Well, that that cloud it. thing is... Uh is clearly based on the completely false and uh, ridiculous Sapir Whorf hypothesis that uh, if you do not have a uh, word for a thing, you cannot conceive of it and you have to like translate into concepts that you have, which is also why uh, uh, modern scholars, for some reason, uh, believe that, well, not modern scholars, but modern People making stupid posts on the internet. Uh, yes, YouTubers with more than a million followers, yes. Yes, <laughs> uh, believe that uh, uh, ancient Greeks did not have a word for the color blue and thus did not see the color blue. Because of the 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 uh, Homeric epithet, wine dark sea, they think, they're like, this definitely isn't metaphorical language. Even though fucking the word Kianios, from which we get the word cyan, is a Greek word that was used in Homer's works. Can I, can I say that this is extremely educational and I it, this is great. I love this. And also you're both nerds. This rules. <laughs> I wanna I, mean, I think that they said that she said it was a cloud because you can't say, Wow, what's that fucking shit in the ocean in a Disney movie? Because that's definitely what I would have said if I saw something I, I didn't understand. What the fuck is that? I I want to say that of course we're only getting this from the colonizer's perspective. So it's kind of a game of cross cultural telephone and this might just be a inaccurate truism that was passed down over the generations for Whitey. But the the common view of from a lot of Amerindian people seem to be what the fuck is that giant ass canoe? Like they knew what a boat was. Right. They were just yes, like, but, but they were just if you see like, a boat, a boat like far bigger than any structure you've ever seen, 
Like yeah, they were overwhelmed were, yeah. by the size. They were very impressed and amazed by the size of these boats, and also by the tech. Like they were impressed and overwhelmed by a lot of stuff that came with Europeans, but they knew what a boat was. Yeah, it's it's complicated to talk about like the the level of development of people at this this point. I mean, it was just a very like it it just was a different sort of basis for society. A lot of a lot of things they were doing, and in some parts of America, you have. Stuff that honestly people would call industrialization, but since white people didn't do it, they didn't see it as industrialization. It's just, but you know, whatever. Like massive cities and shit. The Powhatan people at the time did have far more advanced agriculture than uh, uh, the Virginia Company was capable of, which is why so many uh, English people from the Virginia Company would flee uh, fucking Jamestown and. Uh, uh, join up with the Powhatan tribes. And Europeans didn't encounter a lot of these cultures until they had been decimated by disease that had passed over the Americas and uh, more than decimated. I mean, the vast majority of the population of the Americas was killed by disease before they ever even met a white person. And just, I also want to do one more thing, and it's it's a thing. Already, by the time the events of the actual historical Pocahontas had taken place, the Virginia Company wasn't new in her lifetime. They were, they had been there, like, what, at least 10 years, 20 years? Can I I just say that, like, you look at the history of North America, and you say, let's make a fun movie with animals about that, with this raccoon that has a huge ball sack, and not... Wow, what a fucking terrible apocalypse. Like the, like I just can't like I've been trying not to get angry about this game cuz it's not funny, but god damn it Disney, fuck you. That's what I think. There's like a central musical number in it where both groups of people are getting the the Jamestown folks and the the Powhatan tribe are getting or I guess what's reduced to the Powhatan tribe because it was they're actually uh, the Powhatans were actually a confederation of tribes, but you know they're both getting really angry and ready to go to war, and it's a very both sidesism sort of thing. Like the whole movie is pointed at everybody needs to just get along when, which is difficult in the when you're viewing this from the point of view of hundreds of years later when getting along just meant a slow series of degradations and the destruction of native culture and yeah and also like the i reality- didn't make a cartoon about this the reality is that john smith being one of the foremost examples of this but a lot of the people in power in jamestown and the virginia company uh had no interest in ever getting along with anyone who wasn't generating profit for shareholders uh back across the ocean yes but Pocahontas for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> this has been this has been education and anger corner. Okay, what what is we, we will Sega get Genesis? there. We, we will have get an there. Entire segment for this. <laughs> what? I need to tell you. I love Swimp. Swimps. <laughs> password Swimps animation, and raccoon, right? Yes, Swimp the raccoon. Swimps animation on the password screen is one of the cleanest bits of animation. Highest quality, highest frame rate, and all that I have seen on pretty much any Sega Genesis game. Yeah, it. it looks great. 
it's stunning. Like, it's absolutely stunning that this is coming out of a Sega Genesis. We have to tell people what it looks like, though. So somebody describe it. <laughs> so... Well, it's Swimp eating some kind of fruit, which I actually want to get into that because I, it seemed bizarre to me. But like all the uh, all the all the uh, I can only, all the produce representation in this game is unrecognizable to me in in the context of of being an American. Like you have what what is the point of collecting all of this produce? The if you collect all the berries, not all level, of them. It turns out just a lot. What? Okay, if you collect some yep. an unrecognizable number of berries, then you get a password, and if you don't, you don't. Oh, okay. Well, that's why the the gameplay didn't show that. Because okay, but like I don't know what kind of berry that is. I can't recognize it. Uh, when Pocahontas falls from a high place, what looks like a bamboo root is like her. I don't know fall times her fall counter i don't know what that is either I and think, then you collect feathers to are, raise that level i think those are leaves because when she dies she explodes into a beautifully animated vortex of leaves that's horrifying <laughs> pocahontas's leaves you heard it here first pocahontas is a scarecrow <laughs> you heard it here first she's just one with the natural world but how would you say that animation is when the when the leaves blow tigress? She looks like she's dissolving into the leaves. Like uh like she's deteriorating in like you know when a mu- like, like when uh, a mummy dissolves away in an early 2000s movie like the mummy or like a <laughs> vampire turns to dust in Buffy, it's like that but with leaves. It's like she disintegrates and into all of the colors of the wind. Please, like, 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 Blade just ashed her, and she got killed by Blade. I have a dark confession to make. I've never seen Blade. Oh my uh, God. You should watch Stop Blade. the podcast. I've got the first. <laughs> yeah, one. I'm let's just, watch is one. there a Blade's Genesis game? Because let's just play that instead. Oh shit! Blade Chuck would be a Forever Man, and it's awful. Blade is like the most transcendent. Uh, it's like transcendently stupid. It's one of the best movies. It's the fifth greatest movie ever made. <laughs> yes, but the graphics and sound in Pocahontas yes. for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> okay, other graphics things. So yeah, the sound. I really have to talk about the sound here because it uses the Sega Gems audio toolkit, which... Hey-o! Which does which does not sound good. It does not, as a rule, sound good most of the time. Wait, how did you make all those sounds after hearing jams and not one of them is a fart? <laughs> I just I just heard air horn from Rudy. I don't know what any of this means, honestly. <laughs> there you go. And, and the thing about it, and I'm going to be using that music for this podcast, so you've probably already heard a lot of it, is that it has some initially very impressive, albeit... Gemsy, that like gems has a distinct sound. Gemsy sounding renditions of all the colors of the wind and just around the river bend and <sighs> savages. Their song title, not mine. It it sounds like all of these songs are being covered by like a high school recorder group. Like it's all woodwinds. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of. Tooting. A lot, a lot of, of tooting. Light tootling. 
<laughs> light tooting. Yes, exactly. Shrug. Like a kitten farting. It's it's fine the first couple of loops of the song, but then you realize you're going to have to be hearing like these. Honest to God, like the the melodies are all right. Like they stand out, and that ends up being yes a, because a Grammy award winning writer wrote them. Yeah, like they're they're okay melodies. They're pretty damn good, but like they stick out. And honestly, I wish they didn't because they're not meant to loop. Like video game music is sort of special in that it is meant to loop. And when it's good, it loops well. And that's different from fucking movie music, especially when we're talking about musicals and songs that are meant to be stuck in your head and that you're able to sing along with and that are very re- have very recognizable parts, choruses and bridges. Like that shit doesn't translate to looping. I like I think I said on the stream, this must be how parents of toddlers feel when they have to watch Frozen for the 638th time. Like, I just I want to die. I don't want to hear this again. The backgrounds look geometrically, even though it's you're outside all the time. So you're mostly climbing a bunch of gray cliffs. They look pretty varied because... It's not a bunch of tile work. It's all of these really kind of bold, striking, monolithic plinths, you know, kind of match the the big watercolor wash look of the motion picture. Why did they make that cartoon? I'll never know. So it doesn't look tiled. It looks geometrically pretty simple, but it looks really nice. It looks really great. You never know where the edges that you're trying to grab when you jump exactly are. Imagine Prince of Persia jumping, except you don't even know where you're supposed to stand. And with basically no consistency from jump to jump, like, uh, the physics in this game is outrageous for, like, how unreadable the screen is. Yeah, there are places where all you have to do is tap up and Pocahontas will climb up. There are places where the height seems to be the same, and that doesn't work. There are places where you'll stand next to it, and jumping will have her go into the same animation contextually. She'll just climb up. If you're a tiny bit off, you'll just jump there in place in that Prince of Persia way. It's just very, very pretty. That's not something you see on your Genesis all the time. But it's not very readable. Yeah, I think we've given a good overview of the graphics. And the thing that this leads to is it looks so much like the movie, which makes it very hard to play. <laughs> One other feature about this that that cracks me up are the stories scenes. Like between levels, they have still images with narration. And the thing that sums up the inexplicable nature of this game's existence for me is uh, is this one shot where John Smith is looking at Pocahontas at the waterfall, you know that scene from the movie, and it says in the text, there is a stranger in the land. Use your animal powers to find a path through the forest and meet the visitor. And it's just like the the absurdity of making a game out of this movie and the absurdity of this making this movie out of the historical event. It's just all tied together, and it's ludicrous. Yeah. Anyway. Which is never done better than the final screen, which is, congratulations, you prevented the war. 
With no congratulations exclamation point, you prevented the war. No punctuation. <laughs> it looks like they're just the English are just leaving. Yeah, they never came back. They never came back. They got what they wanted, which was a hot smooch from a sexy lady. And now they're done. They're happy. I mean, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what I mean. Don't we all wish that kissing could prevent wars? I mean, if kissing could prevent wars, I don't know. I was going to say something about how much I, I do the kisses, but I couldn't come up with anything. Sorry. I would never kiss to prevent a war. I would always kiss to prevent a war. We all know about that shrug. Jeez, you bring it up every day. These (laughs) lips are for not for peace. (laughs) I would play kiss to prevent war. I would join to talk about kiss psycho circus now. I would play. You know, it's fucking weird that Kiss Psycho Circus is a game about Kiss that doesn't actually feature Kiss at any point in time. What were they thinking? Still, a better game than Pocahontas, though. Same sins. I was going to rip off your your joke from last episode, uh, which was Pocahontas, much like Kiss Psycho Circus, also does not feature Kiss. (laughs) It does have more kissing. Be a better game for it. I was actually pretty surprised to see like two sprites coming in together and kissing on my second. Two sprites Genesis. coming in together. I want to hear a horrible gems rendition of Strutter or Lick It Up. What what what's the deal, Disney? Why couldn't you give me that? <laughs> you, you own everything else now. You tell me you don't have access to Kiss's master recordings. Where is my KISS FMV game for Sega CD? Sekis CD. Sekis Kisty. Kisty. Okay, we've talked about the <laughs> we've talked about the fantasy of this game. Let's move on. Yes, please. <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Um the, the graphical style. I think it loses a lot if you're just playing it, you know straight up output in an emulator. I think this game would look fucking amazing on an actual CRT because it's using a lot of, it's using a lot of dithering and kind of like just tricks that would really blend well on composite output. Oh yeah. I played it on a CRT. It looks great on a CRT. I played it with a CRT filter that I think works really well. And yeah, it looks, it looks great. It's fantastic. It's still too too horny. Yeah, really horny. What? I don't. I don't get why it has to be horny. I don't. I, I understand it's, it's a just. Movie. I get the movie is horny. Sweet I get the hands movie is horny. Caressing the tree, grabbing get, the next branch. <laughs> one up. I get the left to the right. Left to the right. Each one greasier than the last. <laughs> I get the. I get the movie is horny. The game. Her animations do not come off as horny. There's a couple when she gets. You don't out of have the raccoon water. drowning fantasies, or that. <laughs> okay, it's time to leave oh, the fetish zone. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of the the horn zone. Yeah. The horn. Let's get to a let's I'm get sorry. to a zone that won't have anything problematic in it. The labyrinth zone. You'll never dun, take dun. me out of the horny zone. <laughs> it's impossible. You're the minotaur of the of the horny zone. 
just living in that horny labyrinth. And for a dollar a minute, I will chase you around the many caverns. <laughs> uh, speaking of the labyrinth zone, I found an extremely relevant uh, section from uh-huh. uh, Richard Slotkin's Regeneration Through Violence, the Mythology of the American Frontier, 1600 to 1860, which supports uh, my sure. statements about colonial Europeans and their attitudes toward native peoples. Yeah, that would be a good uh, thing for here in the Labyrinth Zone, where we talk about stuff peripheral to the game, like the movie, the manual, the uh, the development of the game, and the company that made it. Yeah, that would be a good thing for the Labyrinth Zone, which is where we're at. This is real history, real fucking life, real fucking life. <clears throat> Morton's offense seemed to the pilgrims to threaten the physical life of the colony by violating its psychological commitment to maintain an English identity, to resist acculturation to the Indian's world. The emotional commitment involved in marrying an Indian posed the threat of an over-involvement with, quote, the wilderness of this world, end quote, an entangling intricate labyrinth inhabited by the creatures of sin, the temptations of the devil. Even in Virginia, where the pervasive Puritan spirit was somewhat diluted, The marriage of John Rolfe to Pocahontas required an elaborate soul-searching and self-justification by the Englishman. Rolfe's letter to the governor on his marriage reveals his fears that his countrymen will think him carried away by lust or driven to barbarism through despairing of his ever coming home to England. A spirit of self-denial and submission to discipline was essential to enjoy or revel in the pleasures of a new world with psychological treason. In Connecticut, colonists who chose to depart and join or settle with the Indians could receive three years in jail, plus fines and whipping. Fun stuff. Can I just say that the first, or I guess like the fourth sentence of the Wikipedia article about Pocahontas was, Pocahontas was captured and held for ransom by the colonists during hostilities in 1613. During her activity, she was encouraged, air quotes my own, to convert to Christianity and was baptized under the name Rebecca. Can you imagine if this movie had just been called Rebecca? I don't think people would have watched it. Anyway, Pocahontas story is very sad, and I recommend not doing that unless you're okay with being sad. But yeah, uh, yeah, this game is based on a movie. It's based on uh, the Disney movie, Uh, an animated Disney movie, which is based on, based, I say very loosely, on a whole bunch of really horrible historical events which Disney decided to turn into a romantic musical animated film for the family. Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, they considered telling the story of John Rolfe and Pocahontas as, since she actually married that guy. And then they were like, no, this is complicated and weird and sad. And so we will tell the story of her meeting John Smith. Oh, wait, she was like 10. Well, we'll make her older. Also, he <laughs> fucking went to villages and shoved a gun in people's face and everyone hated him. Well, we just won't make him like that. Well, I think it's like important if we're talking about uh, the Pocahontas film to like think of it in terms of it being sort of like 1995, where uh, white America is sort of like, we're post-racism, everything's great now. So now that we can just look at, back at history, and history's great. You know, kids, it's Columbus Day. and History time- is a great thing. I remember yeah, that. Ta- We're at the end of history now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, hey, kids, grab your little flags, and then we have a dirt mound in front of our elementary school. This is my life. Um, 
and put your little flags in the dirt mound that celebrate white people coming to America. We did it. Disney wanted to make a sweeping romantic drama, and what better way to make a sweeping romantic drama than so. than to romanticize the kidnapping and rape of a child? Yeah, I mean, is this this is also on the back of like Dancing with Wolves, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, fuck Dancing with Wolves. I, I by the way, there was a sequel to Pocahontas in which she does go to England with John Rolfe. Yeah. By the way, they, they changed their mind about that. Well, once you've done the groundwork, uh, <laughs> completely fucking with history and making everything nice and pleasant, then why not just keep going? Does Swimp get it wet? <laughs> In the Pokemon sequel, does Swimp get some? Oh, God. Oh, swimp goes swimp. all the way, baby. Oh, is what like a like swim. an English bulldog? What's, what 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 with Swimp and the Hummingbird? Finally, um, finally, consummate. Yeah, Swimp gets down with a British bulldog, and then because it's 1996, it's like, what's your name, Winston? Oh no, gay. Ah, but that was the time. Post history, we can <laughs> laugh at all this now. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, history is is good now. Haven't you played the most recent Call of Duty Modern Warfare? America is oh, great. God. This is the <laughs> first image result for Raccoon Pocahontas <laughs> 2. That's, look, I just want to say, we're all laughing at a dog sliding ass first into the camera down a hill of ice. There's no butthole. There's no tail. Where are the holes? What yeah, the I forgot. Fuck. I forgot there was a Brit- there was an English bulldog in the movie. You weren't. Cinema you sin were- number twenty five. Pocahontas two. The dog doesn't have a butthole or a tail. Clearly, <laughs> God, dog taint isn't what it used to be, isn't it? Um, can I see just- if they had animated this in Japan? If Japan had made this game, it would have the dog butthole. Yeah, and yeah. This is- probably balls too. This is the worst historical erasure that the. Well, Disney Company is <laughs> getting rid of this dog's butthole. Jesus Christ. Okay, I am okay. 100% in agreement. I want my fucking dog balls, and I want them now. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can I just say that Brad Garrett, a.k.a. Everybody Hates Raymond's Brother, was in the sequel to Pocahontas as a, another real historical character? Like, d- d- how insulting is that? I don't know. I would never want to be played by Brad Garrett. Come on. You you jerks. I had, well, to, to, my, I had to go to my sink too? and spit out my coffee because I couldn't swallow. You should have played, played Pocahontas. Oh, my God. You know, Brad Garrett was also the voice of Hulk Hogan on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, proving that between being in Pocahontas and also playing a cop on a sitcom, Brad Garrett plays a lot of racist assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Garrett's only good role is the Earth God James in Sacrifice, the video game from 1999 or something. Like that's his only good role. No, he played the he played Big Dog on Two Stupid Dogs. Oh, I, I don't know that one. Is he is he a giant worm in Two Stupid Dogs? Is he Big Dog the giant worm? Big dog is big dog. Okay, uh, the well, big dog the is Roman Reigns. I don't 
know if it was just where my like what I was paying attention to as a kid. Um, because like in nineteen ninety five, I was twelve years old, and I was very interested in American Indian stuff, mostly because. I live in southeastern Idaho, and like much of the United States, everything is named after Indian stuff, and there is a lot of weird tourism stuff based around it, and there were a few reservations, and I happened to stumble across some books in my uh, local library, and I just became fascinated in a probably kind of racist way. I don't know. I was... Uh, like a little white boy, but and it was uh, post history. We're you were okay. It was, it was post history. history. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I it could be that I was just extremely aware of all of these things going on because I had an interest in it. But it seems like in like the eighties and nineties, there was a sort of groundswell of like movies about Native American subjects, uh, usually from the point of view of white people. But it was just sort of the zeitgeist of we're going to make a historical epic that's about how Native Americans got totally fucked over. It was like the polite aftermath of the much more angry and rigorous American Indian movement. Have some movies. Yes, it's going to star Kevin Costner. but (laughs) (laughs) Or like Last of the Mohicans, which is a movie I actually kind of love. But it is, you know, based on this old, really shitty book. And ultimately, you know, is about the shifting American frontier. And uh, Russell Means, who's a famous American Indian movement dude, who also voices the dad in Pocahontas. He uh, is the titular last of the Mohicans. And at the end of the movie, he gives this whole talk about someday... You know, I'm the last of the Mohicans. Someday you're fucking. I'm going to lose. You know, the future is my white son. Fucking sad, huh? And someday you're going to be rolled over by other people and everything's going to fucking. But ultimately, the story is about two white people that are really in love and filthy. So I don't know. It was just kind of a, a thing, it was in the air. White people. Telling, yeah, Indian stories. Like I remember, because um, my sister was obsessed with this for some reason. Because it, it, we got it through Netflix, and then eventually DVDs. There was this TV show called Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Did anyone watch? Oh that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Sully, I'm I'm here for Sully. <laughs> Yeah, he's the he's the sexy white guy who knows who learned all of his cool survival dude skills from from the indigenous peoples he met. And he looks like fucking Hercules on Hercules. I bet they're mm. both born again Christians. <laughs> My great grandfather now passed uh-huh. for probably twenty years. Stop it, Rudy! Stop it! <laughs> Never make me stop. My great-grandfather, I was at his house years ago. Dude was probably 80. Came over from the old country in like 1911 or something. And he saw, he was watching Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. He saw Sully and he said, that guy's hair is a sin. (laughs) (laughs) 
A man's haircut is against God. Game sins, but for TV. <laughs> I'm here to sin against their grandfather. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sully apparently thought this was a sin as well, because in 2019 he has short, cropped gray hair, and he looks nothing like Sully. Um, Which and is weird, because uh, what's-her-name who played Dr. Quinn still totally looks like she did then. Jane Seymour looks exactly like Dr. Quinn, but aged like she, maybe like 10 years, which is weird because this picture was in 2019, so that's like 20 years. Like, I think Seymour's doing good for herself. <laughs> Jane Seymour probably has a lot more money to spend on exfoliants. All that money and... on the heart necklaces. Yeah, rich people age far slower than the rest of us. But you know what? We are talking about a Genesis game, and I have some Genesis game facts. The thing about this particular game uh, is that it seems to have been developed at about the same time. There seems to have been some overlap with the previous episode's game, Nightmare Circus. Heck yeah. And... One of the reasons is because there are several weird cheat codes uh, that one of them is Circus, and it has been speculated that this cheat code Circus is a reference to Nightmare Circus, a game which is also by Funcom and also features an incredibly over-animated protagonist, which, I can't believe I'm saying this, controls better than this game. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to hear the Nightmare Circus episode because I've been watching you talk about it. I've been seeing all the weird shit that Closed has put up. Like, I'm so hyped for that episode. And you, if what you're you hearing think? this, you've definitely heard that already, but yes, I'm hyped. I was about, about to say, Kania, what do you mean? We all heard the episode. It already came out before this one. <laughs> I'm so fucking hyped. You have no idea. I'm a time traveler from the past that jumped into the future just to just to say how hyped I am for that episode. They it's, made reference to Nightmare Circus, but they couldn't reference the, the good music in that game, could they? Yeah, that's the music in that is good. That's some good shit. Ugh, Nightmare Circus. So as as the people that have that like had to stare so far into the Nightmare Circus abyss and the Pocahontas abyss, like what's the what's the overlap? Does it seem like there's engine overlap? Is like the camera move the same way? I could way? conceive or... of that. Like I could conceive of them taking because Nightmare Circus has way too much programming. It has way too many mechanics. I could easily see them just grabbing that and making and then pulling it into it, cutting half the mechanics out and putting it into here. The characters are about the same size. Uh, they animate they s- with about the same level of fidelity. Um, yeah, they just seem to really love over-animating, though Nightmare Circus Nightmare Circus gives you a granularity of control that is too much, whereas Pocahontas gives you not enough. And this is sort of a, a, a personal note that I have been paying attention to that probably very few people care about, but like, when has that ever stopped anyone from talking about something on here? I'm sorry. I love you all. I can sort of see a through line between the kind of adventure nature of nightmare circus 
and Pocahontas to a Saturn and PlayStation game that Funcom made, the Casper game, which is an overhead semi-action game that's pushing it more towards adventure game. And then shortly after that, they just fucking made an adventure game called The Longest Journey. The Longest Journey. Oh, shit, that's them. I didn't yeah, know. It's, yeah, uh, the Casper game, which again, in although it's an overhead game, still is has a structure very similar to Pocahontas, although much more sensical, because in the sense that I understand where they were coming from with it, because you have to go to different places and you get new powers, and you'll often see a place you can't get to yet. Um, it's like if Pocahontas actually took advantage of its power structure. It's also not a good game, but I've played like seven hours of it. It was a weird time in my life, okay? <laughs> I... I, I... I just rewatched the um, Casper movie, and can I say that that's a children's movie where three, three count them, people die violently. <laughs> that's a that's a good it's <laughs> a good horror movie. <laughs> and it's doesn't that have Jennifer Connelly in it too? No, it's not Jennifer Connelly. It's oh god, it's also not Winona Ryder. I can't fucking Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Thank you. It's Wednesday. Well, three Adams of us family. have three of us have some some th- some things in our past. So you, you got <laughs> something to explain. <laughs> oh, my wife is obsessed with Christina Ricci. I there's I don't know if it's real. There's a picture of Christina Ricci as an adult dressed as um oh god. It's fake. Fuck. I'm anyway, so sad that it's fake. Yeah. It's so good. So we anyway, now that We've all had our, our asides. That that was the labyrinth, and now we're going to... I'm it. not done yet. I, Christina Ricci sent me a Rudy. I'm sorry, everyone. But I remembered something. It's very important, because it ties into the thing. It ties into an The, the Sega, Sega Genesis game Pocahontas? Is that yes, where you're going with Yes, it does. Okay. I Actually, it, Funcom? it ties into Nightmare Circus. Look, look, look. Look, look, okay. <laughs> I'm looking. The defining, perhaps the defining feature that I think of is what went wrong with the Disney property Pocahontas. <laughs> and with a lot of things is, well, it's pretty much all white people in creative roles, right? I mean, they have a Merindian voice cast, but it's pretty much all white people. Last episode, I think that's how they'll be. I don't know what yeah. Tigris is doing here. I went on. It's not like there a, was a two-minute bit about it five minutes ago. I went on an aside about Carl May, Hitler's favorite novelist, Western novelist. There is a game, much like Pocahontas, but not for the Sega Genesis then why electronic are we talking entertainment about system, because it is perhaps the only game that I know of that is being made from a Native American perspective. At the moment, it's called This Man is My Land. There's a piece about it on Polygon. It was published last year as sort of a, hey, Red Dead Redemption's coming out. But what about this? It's made by some Ukrainians. Uh, what? Were you waiting for me to say, yeah, Ukrainians? Yeah, Ukrainians. I just want to <laughs> note, they do not mention anything about ever talking to any American Indian people about the game. The hero is not a member of any tribe. You represent them all. The Chicksaw, Cherokee, Lakota, Cheyenne, Apaches, Navajo, Shawnee, Shoshone, Mohawk, Utes, 
All other tribes. Well, you are. They are not attempting to actually depict any actual uh, culture. It's just every brave. And Katatran cites Carl May as an inspiration. He's the most popular author in German history, best known for writing rollicking stories about Native American warriors. His work is still popular today, though he's almost unknown in the English-speaking world. So the only uh, inspiration they cite for this game is Carl May, famous German Saxon. He's from Saxony. Anyway, uh, fraud who made up a bunch of bullshit without doing any research about a Native American guy who uh, had adventures with his alter ego and was Hitler's favorite novelist. So that's we very promising. In the previous episode, you're all going to learn about this soon. In the future, it's cool. I just want everyone to know that um, we can still count on our people, the white people, to uh, still continue doing the same things forever, even when it's not the '90s. The '90s is always the '90s is always in our hearts. Well, I, I'm going to try and do this very quickly since this is going long. Um, the point I wanted to bring up uh, because we have a platform. We have a since we have a little bit of a platform here, and it, it was a piece of history that I did not know about until recently. So the uh, the it, it's somewhat commonly known that uh, there is a there is a minority ethnic group in Japan, Ainu, uh, who who are uh, who are are known in the Hokkaido, the northern main island in Japan. What I did not know, uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, starting in the early 1600s, a group of somewhat religious fanatics moved from Honshu, the island with Osaka and Tokyo, up to Hokkaido to colonize it, uh, and then proceeded to uh, decimate the Ainu people through uh, a vector disease and uh, slaughter and stealing all their land. And I, I had not known that bit of history that sounded so familiar. And if you look up uh, pictures of Ainu, they look remarkably similar to pictures of the indigenous people of North and South America. And uh, it's not really funny, but I thought it was interesting and sad that there is this parallel and almost identical uh, historical story that happened during the same time. If you look at the indigenous folks of Canada, it's the same story too. Like it's different people, same story, you know, it, it it's, it sucks. This is why, like, I get so angry at something like Pocahontas that wants to make it a fun musical. Like, fuck you. And, like, especially fuck you because when I'm... When did this movie come out? 1990-something. I'm a child. 1995, 96? Okay, 95, 96. I'm, like, eight or nine years old. I don't get it. I don't know any of this shit. And I see this, and it reinforces the idea that we're at the end of history and everything's fine. And it's not. It wasn't fine. It isn't fine. You know, it's it's extremely frustrating. You know, I, I, I don't have a torch for Disney at all. I think that Disney sucks. This is a very low moment in Disney's history, and I don't know that if it's ever really been acknowledged at that at this uh, point. Like, we haven't acknowledged that Pocahontas is, it's not Song of the South, but it's pretty fucking close, you know? Like, it's frustrating. It's pretty impressive that just a couple years later they'd also make like and i do have some like fondness for the novels but jesus christ are they problematic the tarzan books they made a movie out of tarzan which is literally a movie about how if you just put a white nobleman in in like the african jungle he will become the ubermensch right yeah right like it's just it's so obvious and it's so stunningly 
like short sighted and I I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like ugh, just just the way fuck. the way you ignore the the racial implications of the Tarzan stories is you just don't put any black people in the story, so nobody thinks about it. Which first of all is interesting because the books absolutely do have that component and it's bad. But yeah, that's that's I think a, a good place to end it on the actual horrifying realities that we have and the fact that disney has kept returning to this goddamn well over and over and over again god turns out all of we all fucking white people do you think that when disney inevitably makes the live action remake of pocahontas like they have for all of their renaissance movies they're just gonna cast no scarjo as uh pocahontas no Scarjo. Okay, that was so bad it ejected us out of the labyrinth. Scarjo, Scarjo, <laughs> yep, no, no, we're, we're gone. We're out. 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 Scarjo is a tree. We broke Tigress. You did it. I can't believe how many episodes you make me laugh so hard I get lightheaded. Because this is another one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is a good thing. Shrug, you're a fucking treasure. Can I go first? Uh, <laughs> on I just... I, the, I need to explain oh, what yeah. this is. In the Death Egg Zone, I give everyone a spot to talk about their final thoughts on the game. And, uh, God, rate the game on a completely standardized metric. And that st- standardized metric is one to seven ambiguous red berries that they would rate this game. Okay, okay. I'm here. My pronouns are they, and I, <laughs> I'm going to rate this game two out of seven ambiguous red berries. I played worse games, but all the fucking colonialism makes this thing stink. I would be more forgiving of the weird mechanics. I'd be more forgiving of the fact that when I hit the run button, sometimes I don't run for some reason. I'd be more forgiving of the fact that the raccoon has to climb those greasy trees, and that's a travesty. Raccoons should never be subjected to such humiliating adventures. They're treasures. They're beautiful creatures. And that that's... I don't know. This game sucks. Like, it's, it's, it's a forgotten part of the Genesis library, and Pocahontas is a purposefully forgotten part of the Disney library because it sucks. It's frustrating and bad and nobody cares for it you can do the emperor's new groove which is probably just as fucked up about aztec culture but they're all like they're not all gone but it's farther in the past and that movie's better there's also no there's also no like white people in that there's no white people in it I mean, there's white people playing indigenous people, but that's a whole nother kettle of fish. But the the point, like, it's not literally saying this genocide didn't happen and it was good. Yeah, it's a it's it's a nothing story. It doesn't have any. There, there, there's. I'm sure you could take 
the Emperor's New Groove and find politics in there. And I'm not, I don't have the credentials to do that. And I'm okay with that movie because it's stupid and funny. And Yzma falls down a pit like six times. I just, I don't know. It's a frustrating game. I, I, I played it all the way through and didn't find it enjoyable. I wish it had been a point and click adventure with real puzzles. I wish it had been literally any other kind of game. And I wish it had been literally any other intellectual property. I regret playing this game, <laughs> but I don't regret recording this podcast where I got really angry and, and yep, fuck Disney. Disney can eat shit. Bye. <laughs> That's my review of the game. Two out of seven. Wait, what? Two out of seven. What? Oh, weird berries. Weird, yep. unidentifiable fruits. It is soon to be my birthday. Um, so, uh, this game isn't very good. I mean, it's not very good at all. It is not challenging. It is frustrating only in that it is only an hour long. And despite its frustrations and difficulties, it is, it presents no, uh, sparks of joy intellectually outside of like some of the animation. And it, it makes you grow to resent, uh, songs by a Grammy award-winning writer. Uh, maybe the, uh, most problematic part of it or the, like as a video game is, uh, at one point you have to get, uh, you have to control shrimp, swimp, and, uh, take them, take them across a log. And that should be in a right and just video game, like a fun moment of cooperation between you and your buddy. Like, oh, hey, I can't swim, but you can help me get across this bridge. But it's just you. You are by yourself and you just, and you do this and it's like, okay, great. I helped myself. I help myself have fun, theoretically. And on top of what everyone else has said, uh, that the story and erasure of the indigenous people all over the world is awful. Zero berries. Finally, a Prince of Persia that combines the sluggish controls with a startling lack of precision. I guess it is good to be reminded of the bedrock of colonial uh, oppression and exploitation that the modern world has been built upon. I think about it every day anyway, but you know, it's good to have some a new specific locus for my anxious thoughts and depression naps. That's pretty much all my thoughts. It's not very fun. It's pretty. It exists to paper over very bad things. I give it two out of seven ambiguous red berries for the two ambiguous red berries that are between the swimps little raccoon legs. <laughs> only the bulldog has seen them. Thus only the bulldog and Pocahontas too has gotten any pleasure out of the Pocahontas franchise. I just want to say that Rudy said in the chat, this game has no connection with history and says nothing about the world, which I think is... A, a truly excoriating criticism of Pocahontas, the Disney property, quote unquote. So there you go. I mean, obviously, I'm going to give this game zero out of seven red berries. This game, it, 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 there's no reason at all to play this game. Even when it came out, there was no, there was no reason uh, to play this game. Uh, however, like if you have to. Just play Untitled Goose Game. I don't know. Fucking don't don't even look this game up. Untitled Goose Game at least acknowledges the existence of colonialism, which is why I bring it up specifically. I really like don't even look this game up. Don't even give this shit Google hits. 
I mean, really don't. Like, Disney properties have far too much attention given to them. We should love small unknown things or even small known things that, you know, are actual pleasures instead of just, like, the zombified regurgitations of some sort of immortal corporate empire. Fuck Disney. There is at least one uh, game I know of made by uh, North American indigenous people, which is Never Alone on the PlayStation 4, at least. So there's one that you could play. Oh, yeah, that's the app game, right? It's a pleasant little game. Yes, you can buy this game. All right, I'll, I'll go. Um, game is bad. Uh, it had nice animation, but the rest of the game did not look good. It sounded terrible. It controlled terrible. Um, mechanically, a game couldn't figure out if it wanted to be like Prince of Persia or a standard platformer of its time, and it suffers for it. In addition, it's not a good game, and it's based off a terrible movie that is like racist revisionism. You know, and, and there are better Disney Genesis games like Castle Evolution and World Evolution, and that's it. Um, you play those two instead. Um, but as far as my rating, I give it minus five stars. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the most generous of of everyone, and I'm I yeah okay. Can I'm I sorry, Ramon. I don't understand stars. Uh, we, we only I, I don't know what that means. We're talking about ambiguous berries. It means minus five stars. Uh, I just think it's completely average. Three and a half fucking berries. Um, it's a game. It's got some shitty history behind it. I'm not gonna like hold them making money to Funcom making money. Excuse me, not Disney. I'm not gonna hold Funcom having to pay bills to being like. We want to make some crazy shit, and they've made some crazy shit since and uh, then, since then, and at the time. But sometimes you got to pay the bills, and um, yeah, I it's like perfectly okay. It's I I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just kind of there, totally average in all respects. There are better games oh, yeah. you could be playing. There are worse games you could be playing. I do agree that we shouldn't like begrudge Funcom for having made this game. It's not their fault. Yeah, like the 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 issue with Pocahontas is is it, it's systemic. Like the people who put this in practice, yes, the people who are in charge, they're an issue. They should have not thought of this. People who are drawing the frames of Pocahontas the movie or animating the sprites of Pocahontas the game, like you know, you're not blameless, sure, but like it's a systemic thing. That's always I the problem. Blame them for everything because Norwegians do not have bills. God damn it, or at least that's what I I've heard recently from on Twitter. I Be I right would like back. to say it is definitely possible that they were in a bidding war with uh, Traveler's Tales to get to get like uh, to get Toy Story, but Traveler's Tales had all that good good uh, Mickey Mania money that they spent to get the get the rights. Like I'm not even joking that probably is what happened okay i've looked it up and norway norway has not yet become a 
space station where they have full luxury communism. So <laughs> I retract half of my statement. I don't know about that because Cygnosis is also credited on Toy Story. So Cygnosis is the best company of all because they released so many Amiga games. Cygnosis. I apologize. We're back in the labyrinth because this is incredible. Uh, Mike Larson, <laughs> producer of Disney's Pocahontas, is also producer of Knuckles Chaotix. Deal with that. Also, Tempo and Tempo 2. Uh, Tempo Jr. Wow, that's a weird, n- nice Tempo? little thro- th- uh, through line. Uh, yeah, the 32X platformer. That's like the weirdest gameography I've ever heard in my life. Like, Funcom did this too. Like, the guy who created Longest Journey, was his first directorial project was Casper. Um, my thoughts on this were playing it like I, the, the Fune Taro effect, which you won't understand because you didn't listen to Fune Taro, kind of kicked in on this episode because it doesn't exist. It was lost. It was eaten. But the thing that happened here is I had, felt more neutral about this game going into it and talking about it. It kind of frustrated me. <sighs> this game isn't good. And I've played it more than I should, and I'm probably never going back to it. And a lot of other people have said everything that could be said about it. I'm giving it two ambiguous berries. One, because it's a not very good mediocre platformer. And a whole and you know what gets the second one? The animation of Swimp eating ambiguous red berries that inspired this very rating system. Makes you think. I'm thinking right now. You have been listening to the Book of Mega Drive. If y'all want to be found on social media and want to plug things, where would you be found? And what do you want to plug? Hi, I'm Shrug. I'm Shrug on the forums uh, where I can be found without the mechanisms to interrupt people or insist on having a voice when maybe I shouldn't be. Oh, well, no medium is perfect. I'm at Trigopolis on Twitter, where lately I think I mostly just like and occasionally reblog uh, various academics who are trying to get the academic establishment to stop using the phrase Anglo-Saxon and Anglo-Saxonists for mostly racist reasons. Not worth going into now. But topical, uh, io on the Rangers allowed on the feed thing on the feed. That's that's all I help. Uh, I don't really have any social stuff, so you probably wouldn't want to hear my opinions anyway. Hi, it's me, Ramana. Um, you can find me on my website at lonelyfrontier.net, uh, which, unlike Disney's Pocahontas, is not rated minus five stars. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ramana underscore LF. I talk about video games a lot. I give LonelyFrontier.net seven and a half <laughs> unambiguous red berries. Hi, remember my voice? It's Rudy again, here telling you again about hinge problems. Do you, do you like this video game podcast? Would you like a video game podcast with zero structure and just two white males? Uh, well, I got one. And pretty soon, uh, around the time probably this episode is out, uh, you can head over to HingeProblems.com and hear this podcast's very host, Automatic Tigress, talk to me and my buddy about uh, Shinmu for an hour live with all these these wonderful people in the background heckling us the whole time. And I bet it will be a real good time. 
you can find me on the podcast No Rangers Allowed, in which I am the capricious and cruel dungeon master, and Shrug is the uh, dwarf that thwarts all of my plans. And uh, coming soon, we'll have a live episode with uh, Rudy as a, as a guest player character. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter as Memorius Tulpa. Uh, my last tweet was uh, upon about uh, Elric of Melnibene and Pizones. So that's what you should expect. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vasilcania. It's like Castlevania, but with the V and the C switched. It's very normal and good. Um, I'm the mo- <laughs> I use they, them pronouns, and I want to be as prominent as possible because not a lot of people you do that. Uh, you can find me on the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast where we talk about Super Nintendo games. It's pretty, you probably already know that because this is on the same feed. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Vasilcania. You can find me on the selectbutton.net forums as Vasilcania. Uh, I guess that's it. What else do I do? I guess that's it. Just look up the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast or SNE Exploration podcast. You'll find it. It's fine. It's fine. You can do it. Bye. I'm Automatic Tigress or Automatic Tiger. I go by both. You can find me on the select button forums as Automatic Tiger, and you can find me on Twitter as Automatic Tiger. I run this podcast, the Book of Mega Drive, and you can follow a Twitter feed at Book of Mega Drive on Twitter and find out about all the hot new Book of Mega Drive news, which is frankly pretty irregular because I'm not as good at promoting this as I really should be. We are a spinoff of Sin Exploration Squad, which I hope you're listening to because we're on the same podcast feed. And we're all spinoff of the Select Button Forums. Come on, have some discussions about video games and why the new Call of Duty is horrifying? Jesus Christ, new Call of Duty. What the fuck? Fuck Call of Duty. Fuck Fuck you. Jesus Christ, saying the... Ah, like it's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. I seriously think that's just what happens when you have SEALs consult on your video games. I agree. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for speaking ill of the troops. I'll go. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, right. whatever. Uh, fuck In 10 years, it'll be Disney's Call of Duty, and it'll be okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm taking a knee for this new Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that's actually the appropriate response, I think. Um cancel me i'm already canceled possibly the next episode probably not the next episode editing note from tigris and by live episode i mean bonus episode and by bonus episode i mean an episode on a subject not previously announced stuff got complicated behind the scenes uh, might be the live episode or the game you voted for last time for a game we will play in the not-so-distant future uh, in a month or two, or maybe next month. Uh, Who knows? Time is a lie. But someday we will play Shadow Dancer, the secret of Shinobi. What is a Shadow Dancer and where did get into the podcast? Why isn't that supposed to be a good game? I quit. 
yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Like, people keep telling me how good it is. There's a button to use your dog buddy. You're a ninja fighting in, like, a post-apocalyptic environment. It It should have been a button to raccoon. (laughs) It's pretty cool. We're going to actually play a game that I think we're not going to hate. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah, it rules. Finally, I'm not burdened with terrible games on this show. It's gonna, it's gonna rock. But sometime after that, in an ambiguous oh. future, uh, there's gonna be an episode after that, and I'm gonna do the vote when uh, Pocahontas goes up, regardless of the actual what the actual timeline of episodes of release is gonna be here. And you get a vote on the Book of Mega Drive Twitter, and that vote will be for one of three games. For the next game. And these three games were randomly selected by me. And I did it well in advance this time to look at the list. And I got them right here. And there's some crazy shit on here. My berries are are ready. (laughs) Hit me with that crazy shit. (laughs) Okay. First up, Fantasy Star 2 Huey's Adventure. No, I refuse. The Game Gear side story? Wait, why is that on the Sega Genesis list? Because there was like a weird like a ROM port of it. Should we do that? Should we leave that standing? Oh, absolutely. Leave yeah, that. There, it's, it's like a visual novel uh, is it bonus translated? thing. Probably. Oh, if yeah, I don't have to been, fucking play It's the... been translated for like 10 years or something. Cool shit. If I don't have to play the fucking JRPG shit uh, from Fantasy well, that, Star yeah. 2, I'm there for that. Fantasy Star 2, Huey's Adventure. Cool. Uh, Barver Battle Saga. Barver? Like barfing or what's going on? Uh, it is a Taiwanese developed Mega Drive game that was released in Taiwan and Russia. And uh, of course. Got a fan translation into English in 2010. It's an RPG that is a completely legitimate sequel to Final Fantasy. Where the fuck that sounds great. This, li- this rules. <laughs> yeah, Taiwanese this is- and Hong Kong independence now. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Hong Kong or Taiwan is independent. Hong Kong should be. Independent. Uh, it's complicated. Talk to them about that. It's really complicated. Right. I, aside from yeah, let's not get into this, but yeah. <laughs> What's the third game, Tigress? Uh and Shanghai 2 Dragon's Eye, which no one's gonna vote for, so Yeah. Shanghai Noon, cool, got it. Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson, got it. I'm there. Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 Chris Tucker wow. was Sounds like a fucking cat in heat. <laughs> Chris Tucker was the bomb and dead president. Chris Tucker is the best part of the fifth element. Send tweet. I mean, something has to be good about that movie. I'm going to harass the both of you for these hot takes. <laughs> Chris Chris Tucker makes Fifth Element work. Send tweet, reply to Nothing Chris Nothing Fifth Element. Fifth Element, you, you watch that, and then you find out that the director, just like a year before, a year or two before, got a 15-year-old pregnant, and you're like, yeah, that tracks. I get it. <laughs> Chris Tucker didn't know about that when he made the fifth element. Send, send tweet. 
He probably wasn't like just walking around being like, uh, assume I'm doing a bad French accent right now. Hello, it's me. Right, Luke, Luke Bazan is a monster. I didn't know that. Also, Jim Cummings Nobody is a monster, that. and they did voice in this game. And uh, yeah, Jim Cummings uh, should get canceled. That'd be cool. Jim Cummings throw him off a cliff into a pile of crabs Wait, who pinch him. I need to make sure I didn't look through my master system list. But no, this is a Mega Drive game. What the hell am I looking at? Though? Huey's Adventure, Baby Huey's Great Easter Adventure is a movie about a duck who finds... <laughs> Make me play Shanghai. Make me play Shanghai. Yes, please. <laughs> Shanghai Noon. Vote for Shanghai Noon. I want to play a Jackie Chan game. Uh, sure, sure. What Vassal Canyon said. That's yeah, totally actually about the video games. Game. Why do I... I don't even know what I'm talking about, because they're all Genesis It's a good list. It's a good fucked up list. Welcome to running a podcast. <laughs> Oh no, it's accidentally the SG-1000 list. We're all playing Girls Garden next time. (laughs) Yeah. We're all playing the Stargate Super Nintendo game next time? Jesus. That's really fucked up. Also, it got a Genesis port, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Turns out it's actually 3DO face. Anyways, (laughs) bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye, Rudy. And everyone else. Bye, Rudy. I'm sorry, and yet I'm never sorry enough. It's not Chuck Rock. Happy birth, almost birthday. Not nebulous on the Commodore 64. This isn't how this goes. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy, Happy almost birthday, birthday, Rudy. Happy birthday, Rudy. I found out that Carl May actually had the fake guns that he made up in his Western novels made by a specialist German gunsmith uh, so that he could display them in his home and say yes, these are the guns that me and my Native American companion who converted to Christianity right before his death um, in the final Winnetow novel carried. He was really deep into like he was rich as hell but he just was a grifter until the day he died in the post show I will explain that Swimp is a is, is a Twitter meme about a, a raccoon that shows up at fast food restaurants and then uh, a guy tweets at the fast food restaurant saying why is there a raccoon in the, in the fast food restaurant it's pretty good